The world's largest tech companies appear for the first time together on Capitol Hill. The nation's gross domestic product plummets to historic lows and the loss of a leader and a friend. You are listening to the Paul Dietzel Report, a weekly report looking back to the week that was. This is Paul Dietzel. This week, the world witnessed a rare sight. Four of the world's wealthiest men, leading four of the world's largest companies, appeared before one of the world's most deliberate bodies for an inquisition about their company's size, impact, and influence. Jeff Bezos, the world's richest man and president of Amazon, Mark Zuckerberg, president of Facebook, the world's largest social networking site with more than 2.7 billion active users, Sundar Pichal, the president of Google, a company where 96.2% of all desktop internet searches come through its portal, and Tim Cook, president of Apple, a company that started it all with the invention of the iPhone, appeared before the U.S. House of Representatives' top antitrust subcommittee. It wasn't exactly a friendly audience. Both Democrats and Republicans took their aim as each CEO took their turn in the dock. The underlying issue and the real reason for this hearing stems from the growing pressure mounting from all sides emerging from a distinct fear that these companies are too powerful. Each has grown so large that their dominance has created a crisis of confidence in the major tech companies. The growing distrust is now forcing uncomfortable conversations about the future of the technology itself. Are they too powerful? Are they a monopoly? Should they be broken up? To get a better grasp of the size and scope of these companies, let's look at a snapshot of a single day. Every day, Google search engine handles 6 billion requests. YouTube, also owned by Google, receives 49 years' worth of video uploads. And Gmail processes about 100 billion emails. Google's parent company, Alphabet, made a profit of $34 billion last year. It is a world leader in artificial intelligence, AI, quantum computing, and even self-driving cars. As a result of COVID-19 pandemic, Amazon's earnings for the second quarter of 2020 grew 40% to $88.9 billion. Profits for the company doubled to a record $5.2 billion, which far exceeded analyst expectations. Apple now has $193.817 billion cash on hand, up from the second quarter. Facebook posted $18.7 billion in revenue for the second quarter. The earnings reports for these four major corporations coincided with the nation's gross domestic product plunging by an historic 32.9%, the worst period ever recorded in the history of the United States. Additionally, 1,434,000 Americans filed new claims for unemployment benefits last week. This marks the 19th straight week in which initial jobless claims totaled at least 1 million and the second consecutive week in which initial claims rose after declining for 15 straight weeks. This seems to be a tale of two cities. On one hand, these four companies are, in the words of technology ethicist Tristan Harris, the 21st century infrastructure for the world. Comparing these companies to the rails, roads, cars, and military infrastructure of the 20th century, these companies frame the daily actions of life. They are booming. On the other hand, more than 30 million Americans are unemployed. The disparity in their incomes and opportunities compared to the wealth of the tech giants is astronomical. For these unemployed Americans to climb out of the deep hole of ever-increasing poverty, technology must not be merely a club where only a wealthy few are members, but a tool to educate empower, and stimulate economic advance for those currently cut off from the tech boom. Two titans of American history died this week. John Lewis, the great civil rights leader, and my friend Herman Cain both ended their earthly journey. At a funeral at the historic Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, 
all living American presidents spoke of the heroism of John Lewis, who came from a small town in Alabama and rose to influence the United States in ways that will live beyond his earthly pilgrimage. I first met Herman Cain in a small town south of Atlanta. Our scheduled 15-minute meeting turned into an hour-long conversation about my then-campaign for Congress, about the next generation, and about the future of our country. He was a mentor and, most importantly, a friend ever since. What he taught us all is that a determined vision to learn and work hard can break through barriers and open new pathways for everyone, no matter your race or zip code. Herman was an overcomer. And he was an encouragement to all of us to press on, push through, and pursue our work because America is the place where people can rise above adversity and trial to achieve great success. This reminds me of one more thing. Take care and be on your guard against all greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Luke 12:15. Until next week, this is Paul Dietzel.